Welcome to The Unfiltered Map. I'm Elizabeth Lewis, and alongside some of my dearest friends, we've created the show so women have a space to have unfiltered, extremely raw, and insanely real conversations. Nothing is off limits here. This space is for moms who want to talk about everything, to dive into conversations we all deeply desire to have, but fear what others may think of us. This is your invitation to pull up a seat in a judgment-free zone and have a little heart-to-heart. Now, let's get unfiltered. This is a Soul Fire production. In this episode, we're talking about a mother's intuition and how we're constantly dismissed by people when it comes to knowing something's wrong with our children or even ourselves. Then on the flip side, Brooke shares how her patients are continuously coming to her with the expectation from others that they should just know what to do or when something's wrong. There's an insane pressure that others continue to put on women when it comes to this so-called mother's intuition. So if you're ready for some serious validation, pull up a seat and let's get unfiltered. Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis, and this week we are talking about a mother's intuition, and I know that I cannot do this topic justice, so I'm going to give this right over to Brooke to dive in to the topic with you because it's something that we've had the conversation, but I feel like, Brooke, you explain it so well. (laughs) I don't know if I explain it well or if I'm just like really angry about it. Super passionate. Either way. Either way. Um, I hate it like so much. Like I hate it. I think we should get rid of it. Uh, we shouldn't talk about it. We shouldn't put that pressure on women anymore. Um, we should just be done with it because it's what I hear from clients and even from friends and family is this pressure that they just have to have all the answers. And the problem with that is even if you are super in tune with yourself and you have some sort of gut reaction or a strong feeling about a decision or something you should do, right? Other people have to believe you. And so this comes up in medical settings. Like I work with a lot of women who've had birth trauma, right? And they've felt something is wrong with themselves or with their baby. And they can have the strongest feeling in the world. And then they say these things to a medical professional and they can be totally dismissed. And then it just leaves that woman like, okay, was I right? Was I wrong? Mm -hmm. Am I overreacting? Oh, you're just anxious. You know, you know, you're pregnant. You're towards the end of your pregnancy. You're just anxious. This is your first baby. You're just anxious. Oh, you're breastfeeding. Like you're learning, like you're just anxious. And they're dismissed time and time again. And then if something turns out to be wrong, they're like, well, maybe I should have said something sooner or I should have listened to that voice sooner. It's like, you can't win. Like we're setting women up for failure regardless because we're not affirming that quote unquote intuition. Or if a mom isn't super connected to her body or her pregnancy or her kids or whatever it is, then she has this pressure to just know all the answers. My husband doesn't have that pressure. Those kids are just as much his and he doesn't have that pressure. He doesn't feel like he should just know. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think we talked about it earlier is I struggle with like, I'll, I'll have feelings or sometimes the opposite. Like, I'm like, is there something wrong with me? Because I don't. And I think for me, I said, this was, you know, one of the biggest things I think, because I've been through two very big losses that I'm always like, all right. 
whatever's going to happen is going to happen, even though like, you know, I can't control the situation, but this feeling like of knowing and then not knowing it's like, should I know? Should I not know? Should I like be more in tune? Like if I see danger, should I be like, Oh, they shouldn't do that. Or like, you know what they need to experience that or explore life, you know, or do things or, you know, I have friends that are really like hovering with their kids. And then I'm I'm on the complete opposite side where I'm like, well, if that happens, then they're going to learn and they're not going to do that again. Like, obviously I'm not going to let them run in traffic, but there's just different things. So I think I hear so much of that when you say that, or, you know, I can only speak to my experience with the medical profession is I hear it a lot when I was in medical with people like, I know, I knew something was wrong with me, but my doctor, you know, I'm here getting this x-ray or I'm in surgery because my doctor, you know, said that I need this, but I don't really know if that's what's going on with me or like I have Hashimoto's and I wasn't diagnosed until a year and a half ago, but I knew something was wrong with me. My doctor would just say, Oh, you're in with normal limits. So like what they don't explain to you is like, yeah, you can be within normal limits and still feel like shit. And like never validating me for not feeling good. Yeah. And I've definitely been in space like that. Like, so I, you know, I was telling y'all a little bit ago that I work in child welfare. So it's sort of my job to have and come in and see if I can find (laughs) or see if we can find what's going on in the home, right? Like investigate, investigate what's going on in the home. Like I don't do direct homework anymore, but I guess the overall goal of child welfare is safety and permanency and well-being. So we're trying to make sure that all kids are safe, all families are safe and everything is going good in the home. Now, there's two different sides that can go from this depending on the person, right? So first we have the side that maybe we've heard of parents like uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard's mom, and she had um, Munchausen by proxy and would do things to their children to purposely make them sick. And then their, I don't know if it was their intuition or I, I mean, it's a mental health disorder. What, what it comes down to is when they would take them to the doctor, they would take them to multiple doctors all the time to see if they could get more medicine or get surgery or whatever, whatever it may be. And then in this case, I mean, I'm a true crime fanatic. So in this (laughs) case, the daughter ended up realizing what was really going on and ended up murdering her mother. And she's in prison now. But then there's the flip side of this parent that was very, very worried about how sick their daughter was and they were going to the hospital and the doctor was saying, you know, you have Munchausen's, there's nothing really wrong with your kid. And it turned out that there was something wrong with the daughter. It's a documentary on Netflix called Taking Care of Maya. And there was something wrong with the daughter. And when they finally found that out, it was too late because the mom was like, I don't know how much more I can say that there's something wrong with my kid and no one's going to listen to me. And the mom ended up taking her own life before they found out that the daughter was actually sick. What? Yeah. So like, just like stuff like that, that goes on in, in our lives. Like we have all this pressure on us as parents that if we're not doing it right, or if we're doing it right, we're still getting pushback from someone. Yeah. Like we can't just be like us and be okay with how our, how we're supposed to be doing things <laughs> for me. Um, do I have an into mother's intuition with my children? Um, I definitely know when something is wrong, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, let me just 
take you to the doctor and see because I'm I, I don't really know right but like I don't get like separation anxiety or anything like that like some kids or some parents do from their kids and vice yeah. versa my kids don't get it from me either <laughs> I think it's it's really heightened in those baby years you know because mm-hmm. babies obviously aren't giving you much feedback and can't really tell you what's going on and so there's yeah. this pressure on the mom to just know yeah. and oftentimes when you have a mom that is insistent on something it's dismissed as mm-hmm. anxious or having anxiety you know and um, even my husband did this like when i was pregnant with Sawyer I just had a feeling like something was off and it was already a stressful pregnancy. He had trisomy 13, like he was, he was actively dying right in the womb. And so my husband was just kind of like, it's okay. Like trying to calm me down and trying to like make me feel better. But in reality, we went to the hospital and I had severe preeclampsia and help syndrome with no symptoms. Oh my gosh. And the doctor was like, if you had stayed home, like you would have stroked out and died. And it's like, it's ever since then, Jesse's like, whatever you feel, like I will believe you. But then at the same time, on the flip side, I'm like, cool, I'm glad that you believe me. But now I feel all this pressure that I have to have all the answers for yeah. our kids when something yeah. comes up. So I, I just feel stuck. Like either nobody believes you or it's this pressure to have all the answers. And that feels overwhelming too. Well, and then if something happens, people are like, well, how did you know you were supposed to know? Like, what do you like? Did right. you know that was going to happen? Like, and, yeah. and it creates this then distrust within yourself, you know, Yes. because then you're like, oh, should I have known something was going to happen? Why didn't I feel that? Like they're my kids. Like they came from, you know, like they were in my body. Like, how do I not know? How did I not know this was going to happen? And, and that's where I said, like, sometimes I have it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I let other people influence it. You know, like it's yeah. easy to be like, oh, there's something people like there's, oh, is there something wrong with your kid? And you're like, no. And then you're like, oh, is there something wrong with them? Maybe there is something mm-hmm. wrong with them. Maybe there's something more going on. Maybe I should get that checked out. Or like they'll see a symptom or something in, that your child does that their kid maybe does. They're like, oh, you need to get them checked out for ADHD. I think they might have ADHD. Have you ever had them checked out? And you're like, my kid does not have ADHD. They're like, they're normal. They're just acting like a normal eight-year-old boy or whatever the case may be. So I think there's so many sides to that. And I remember Brooke just shared with us a podcast. Um, what is it called again, Brooke? Serial? Retrieval. Yeah, it's, the retrieval. it's a podcast by Serial, basically about women going through fertility treatments. And the nurse was stealing fentanyl and putting saline in the bag. So these women were getting egg retrieval procedures done with no pain medication at oh, all. Wow. They were dismissed by doctors, by other nurses of like, oh, well, I gave you the max dose. Like, I don't know why. Like, that's so weird that, you know, you're experiencing this pain and they were not helped. They were totally disregarded. They were told that this was normal or they needed to grin and bear it or get through it. And they were trying to say like, hey, something's Mm -hmm. off here. I see it a lot with women and breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. they'll know something's wrong and a lactation consultant will come in and be like, no, everything's fine. Or their pediatrician will be like, oh, the baby's gaining weight. No big deal. This happened to a family member of mine. And sure enough, their baby had a lip and a tongue tie. Wow. And it's like, well, I knew something was off and nobody believed me. And it takes yeah. this almost like desperation, you know, for someone to actually listen. It's it, And it's one thing when it's our own bodies, but there's another layer of pressure when it's 
our kids. And that's where like motherhood, that mother's intuition really kicks in. And I will bring in too that in communities of color, that the heightened percentage of women who are not listened to is like three times as much as white women. So um, Mm -hmm. when we do have things that are going on with us, we are not heard at a higher rate. Um, And I've experienced that when I was in labor with my son in the hospital and I'm like, something's wrong. I don't feel Mm -hmm. well. Like I also had preeclampsia like issues, but um, I was like, my epidural wasn't working. They didn't believe me, like all these other things happening. And they were like, you're fine. You can handle it. And I'm like, no, I can't. Someone listen to what I'm saying. And no one wanted to listen to what I was saying. And then he was born with like the spiked fever and he had to have an IV for three days. And I had to stay in the hospital for three days. And like, we were really sick because no one would listen. And women, Black women in particular are dying at a three to four times higher rate because no one's listening. And how do we change? Like, I I guess my question is like, what is, and this is where women have to advocate for be their own advocate, right? Or their, their child's advocate and demand. I know that's even hard, Brooke, because like, they are demanding. We are demanding. They're dismissed. Yeah. They're dismissed as anxious or hysterical mm-hmm. angry black women yep yeah. anxious hysterical it's a systemic issue what's the next step um the system has to change <laughs> well and i think we need to be talking about it mm-hmm. more like in spaces mm-hmm. that aren't just black spaces right like putting it in yeah. white spaces talking about it in yeah. you know white communities and things like that mm-hmm. i think that right like it is so interesting you ever think about things like there's a reason that there's dedication to specific things throughout the year because there's not enough recognition on them. You know, like hmm. black breastfeeding, uh, is it week or a month? Week. Like, uh, you know, week. I mater- think it's coming up right around maybe when this comes out, it might be that week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like black maternal health, <laughs> you know, different things like mm-hmm. that. There's a reason that that stuff, you know, or black history month or things like that, that we have to mm-hmm. have months or weeks dedicated to them because there needs to be more awareness raised for them instead of it being this. Yeah. And it should be more than just a month or a week, right? Like (laughs) that's a whole different conversation we might have to get into. (laughs) No, I'm just saying in general, like, like Mm -hmm. recognizing that piece, not saying that, you know, it should be, it it should be more, but just saying like, there's a reason that all of this stuff goes into play, you know, and like you sharing that, I think it's so important for women to listen to because there are nurses or doctors or health professionals Mm -hmm. that are listening to this, that can make a change and create Mm -hmm. more safety for women of color in the medical field, you know, like, or as a patient coming in to give birth or things like that. And it's crazy to me because if you look at the statistics, you have to ask yourself why, like, why is it more risky for a black woman to go in to give birth than it is for a white woman? Truly. Racism. Well, yeah, I'm saying, but like women aren't, you know, like a white woman's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a, what were you going to say, Brooke? I was going to say, and and that's like, you're, you're feeling that pressure even more of being stuck with this. You should have all the answers because you're a mom and yet we're not going to believe you when you raise concern. 
you know? Mm-hmm. So if we're feeling it, then yeah, women of color are feeling it tenfold. And something else I'm thinking of on this topic too is, you know, that saying mother knows best yeah. and um, that we should know all those things. But what about folks like me who are estranged from their mothers or their parents because they didn't know best and they put us in a really bad situation. Mm -hmm. And now we have this generational trauma that we're trying to overcome because uh, I didn't get what I needed. And now I have to learn how to give that to my kids. Yeah. Because I didn't see what I needed or or was neglected of what I needed. Yeah. And that's the best, right? Like, and you have to (laughs) totally untangle that and know and come to that own awareness that, that wasn't what was best for me or even the best in a general sense at all. Mm-hmm. Or figuring how yeah, to parent. Yeah, it women lonely. Yeah, yeah. And unheard, like, I think that's the thing, like when we feel unheard and, you know, not validated in our feelings for anything or really seen, you know, and I think that's the thing too, right? Kanisha is like, when it comes to racism and things like that for white women to recognize that it's harder or to point it out like, yeah, so what can we do? What can we do as white women to make it safer for you as a black woman or woman of color? So you feel more validated. Yeah. Keep advocating and keep talking about it and bringing it in this, these spaces. So folks understand and they hear, right. And because if we ignore that, it doesn't exist, then nothing's going to happen and nothing's going to change. Back to your, you know, like that generational trauma piece that you were Mm -hmm. talking about, Kenesha, your mom, you know, wasn't able to care for you in the ways that were necessary or needed for you. And I just wonder if she even felt like asking for support or gaining resources or whatever that looked like was even accessible, you know, with that phrase, like you said, mother Mm -hmm. knows best. Yeah. It, it limits us, right? It, it yeah. keeps us in a box where you can't go outside to ask for help. And thankfully, like you are already doing your kids a, mm-hmm. a huge <laughs> service by being self-aware and resourcing yourself and, and learning those things for yourself. But uh, not everybody feels that freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey because like some might think that with with the way I uh, speak and bring myself into space that my mom was is black, but she's not, she's white. So I grew up in a white home that had a lot of access and, and privilege to particular things and had access to resources and they were utilized. They were just not utilized with us like mm. they should have been. So it's really interesting. Like they were taken advantage of almost for, for a different way of saying that. So but of course, I know there's other things too, like there's generational trauma beyond that that goes into it. There was mental health issues and substance abuse, like all of those things that went into it. But um, like, I'm still estranged now. Like I tried to have a limited relationship last year and, you know, other podcasts, we talked about boundaries and stuff. And I had to do that for, for it to be able to work for me. So yeah. um but even even resources like you don't it, it's not normal for any woman to just sign up for a parenting class right oh, yeah. like i feel like the mm-hmm. ways that i learned to be a better parent not that they're done in secret but they're books right they're yeah. social media pages that i follow it's not a norm for anyone to seek yeah. that that support in a more public way and what works for you might not work for me right yeah 
Well, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I think that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing. Like what works for you doesn't always work for me. And I think that's, what's so hard, right? When you go into this medical side of things and doctors are like, well, this is how I fix this. This is how it works when like everybody is so uniquely different or how we need help or how we need support or the differences between disease processes and how things show up or birth, like everybody's birth is so different in their experience. And like Mm -hmm. you said, like birth trauma is a real legit thing. Like, you know, in recognizing that something's wrong, but not being heard in that or validated because, you know, the doctor knows best. He knows best because he went to school for so many years or she went to school for so many years. So they know better than you do, you know, like they know better because they're, they're the doctor. And that's the hard part. It's like, we don't validate women enough or when we share a story, like if a woman comes to you and she's like, yeah, I'm really feeling this. You're, you're, you're coming from a place of your own experience to her, not really actually validating necessarily her feeling towards it. It's like, well, yeah, that happened to me too. Or, oh yeah, you know, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. But you know, when women really express the concern, like, no, this has been my experience. There's really something wrong. Have you guys ever had that happen? Yeah. Sorry. You like totally made me go down another train of thought. (laughs) Oh, I can't wait to hear it. I was about to say, do you think that's why we're so inclined to give parenting advice to other moms? Like to Uh... almost like prove (laughs) that mother's intuition or mother's know best, or, you know, that I've got it together. It's almost a way of validating ourselves. Like, oh, they took my advice. Like they think I'm a good mom, you know? That's a great point. I'm just wondering where it started. I stopped giving advice to other moms because I didn't want it because I felt like I was um, at a different point in my life. Like I have an 11 year old and a five year old. But with my 11 year old, I felt like I was really judgy. Like at certain Mm -hmm. times I was younger, too. Right. Um, But now with my five year old, I'm like, I'm just going to do what I feel is right. And mm, that's the intuition thing, I guess, what I feel, what I feel is right. But, but it's not that you can't have intuition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What works for me and what worked for my older child did not work for my younger child because they are two completely different human beings. Yeah. No, well, I think also, you, you, yeah, you can have, like, you can know what's good for your child. I think it's just taking that pressure off of, you know, you have to know. Or if you don't know, then something's wrong with you, you know, mm-hmm. really releasing women from that chokehold of having to know what to do all the time. And I think a lot of it's learning to trust yourself, like to be so hardcore in your truth and knowing that like, no, this isn't right. Like there's something wrong and sticking to that and standing up for yourself. Because I think what happens is a lot of times women say like, I know something's wrong, but someone's like, oh, you know, they're dismissive. And then you start questioning yourself. So it's like having that, that like just firm inner knowing of like, I trust myself and I know something's wrong. And here's the thing too, like, even if there isn't at least like you, you did something about it or got it checked out or you feel better. I think it's above anything, like even just having this peace of mind, like, does it really matter? You know, I remember someone telling me they asked their doctor to check their hormone levels and their doctor was like, it's not going to tell you anything. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. And the person was like, I have the insurance, just check my stuff. Why is it so hard? So I think that's the problem. 
yeah, I mean, th- that you have to almost become desperate or hysterical or, you know, wear that label of anxious just to have somebody believe you when you think that something's off. And that's my thing. Like, what's it going to hurt you? Like, you're going to run my insurance and get paid for it anyway. Mm-hmm. What does it even matter? How is this mm-hmm. affecting you? Just do what I ask. This is a paid service. And just give me a peace of mind. Like if there's nothing wrong, awesome. You were right. Is that what you want to hear? Like you're right. But at the end of the day, like really, I think giving a person or that, I think the validation piece is like, you know what? I'm going to run this test because I know it's really important to you. Even though there might not be something wrong, I want to make sure you feel really good about it. Right. Or like there's got to be some kind of different worrying, but like allowing women to feel that validation piece in, in how they feel. And even again, if there's nothing wrong or, you know, like you, you said it so right, like women are made to think that they're crazy because they feel something so strongly. And Kanisha, that story you shared about that woman, like that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. What ended up being wrong with her daughter? Now I'm invested. Um, you can watch it on Netflix, take care of Maya, but she had like an autoimmune mm. disorder or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was really something wrong with her. Yeah. You know, something else you said about um, making sure that you're listened to at the doctors and things and stuff like that. This past year, I took it upon myself to get a new primary doctor. And it was really important for me as a woman of color to get a black woman doctor because mm-hmm. I felt like I had never been heard like before. Yeah. When I tell you at my first doctor appointment, we sat there for an hour and a half talking about Every, they asked me so many questions. I was like, I've never been asked this before. <laughs> I've never been asked this before. I'm 34 years old. And when I've had some things wrong, like over the last year, like yeah. they've really, really listened. We've tried different things. I've like checked levels and stuff like that just to make sure that I'm okay. Um, I had some issues going on with my knees. They're like, let's get that looked at like right away, like things like that. And I was like, I've never been heard before. Is this what it feels like? (laughs) It was so awesome. But like the fact though, that us, we have to go and search for that, like search for validation to be able to be heard on what's going on with us and what's wrong with us. Like is ridiculous. Is that what you're seeing with patients, Brooke? Yeah. I mean, like like I said, uh, since I work so much with birth trauma and new moms, that whole season, like they're just second guessing themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. and people are dismissing them and calling them anxious. And it's just heartbreaking because you want to affirm them and validate them and almost strengthen Mm -hmm. that inner voice, you know, and, and allow them to trust it if they feel that you know, but when their outside world is constantly saying otherwise, it's really hard. Plus motherhood is such a vulnerable, I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. vulnerable, especially in the beginning. Every season is vulnerable as a mom, but really in the beginning, those, that first year, you're learning so Mm -hmm. much about yourself and about your child. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have people that listen to you, it makes it even more lonely, you know, and we wonder why postpartum depression and anxiety are on the rise. That's exactly what I was thinking about. I was like, the folks who don't can't get help or don't get help and they have really bad postpartum and don't know how to manage it. Yeah. And I mean, that goes to my point earlier, like, it takes a lot for a mom at any stage of parenting to ask for support and help. And then when it's downplayed, they're not going to ask for support or help anymore. 
Well, yeah, but I agree with that. It's already hard to ask for support. It's already at hard. And then you witnessed your mom, however your mom was. And like, you feel like you should be like that or not be like that. And then you're just trying to learn all of these things. And like for you, Kanisha, like learning how to be a parent because you didn't have an example Mm -hmm. of how to be a good parent. It's like a mix of things. And Mm -hmm. I think this topic is so good and it could go so many places because I think validation just in general, like I think a lot of times too, we don't validate because we don't want to see it. We don't want to acknowledge it or, you know, it be a real issue. And so, you know, I, the postpartum thing, people were like, oh, it's just baby blues. And you're like, no, I think there's something so much more wrong with me than just baby blues. Like, you know, those are things that I can just remember people saying, and I'm like, I don't know. I think I could just, and then it's confusing. Then it confuses people. Then people are confused. The moms are confused and they don't really know what's real, what isn't, what's truth, what's not, you know, and it's just this constant cycle of things. So I feel like most of my job is validation and affirmation, to be honest. You I, know, just yeah. I, I think that's what people want even more than tools or skills, you know, like communication or things like that in session. They just want to be heard. Again, I tell my husband this all the time. If we were better humans, my job would not exist. <laughs> if we could show up for people in the ways that they need, like my job would not exist. And it sucks. I think it sucks that a lot of people feel like I've got to pay to sit across from a stranger to get that. And this goes into our friendship episode and why we're having that conversation and why we have to have that conversation because you're right. Like women have to literally pay to be heard because they're not heard in their partnership and their friendship or, you know, like the validation piece, I think goes a long way. Just saying like, I hear you. That's got to be so hard. Or, you know, I, I can totally see why you feel that way or why, you know, whatever the case may be. And I think we can learn so much from that. Like even just from you saying that, like, how can I be a better friend? And I think there should be, you know, like that, that kind of wraps into is like, there should be like a form to fill out. Like, how do you, do you want me to text you, voice message you, call you or, um, boxer you or like, how are you best? Do you like gifts or do you like me to just listen? Um, you know, like there should be this whole application to friendship so that we can like know how we can best serve our friends, like how we can best listen, how we can best support them, how we can be there for them you know, all of these different things, like those kind of things, like the validation piece, like, do you need me to listen? Or do you want me to, like we do with our partners, right? Do you yep. need me to listen right now? Or do you need me to give you advice? Or do you want to hear Didn't what I have talk to about say? That though, Elizabeth? Didn't you say we had that idea before about the speed dating almost of friends? Yeah. Yeah. I want to <laughs> do that. Like I wanted you to have a whole application like, process. Let's, let's normalize teaching classes on how to be a mom, be a friend, yes. be a better sister, be a better daughter. Like let's, mm-hmm. let's have groups for that. Let's do that. Oh, that's what we're starting tomorrow. That's what's going to be coming. It's actually interesting. Cause we just had this guy had a conversation with a Detroit mom and I was like, yeah, let's start a group for anxious moms, a peer led support group for anxious moms. Because oh, like, you don't have a lot. I know. Oh, let's, I'll be in that but let's, I know. Let's <laughs> talk about that though. Like how, unvalidated is an anxious mom. 
you know, like we talked about that, like, would she be anxious if she was validated? That's what I want to know. Yes. I I don't know. I think I might still be. Mine's definitely an imbalance. (laughs) There are definite chemical brain imbalances, right? Like I'm all for medication. Absolutely. And. But understandable. (laughs) Yeah. I think the second guessing is what leads to a lot of that anxiousness, the, the mm-hmm. not trusting yourself or feeling all that pressure to have all the answers. All of those things lead to anxiety for sure. Like not even, yeah, not having anywhere to turn to have that conversation. Like she was explaining it. She's like, I love it when I come to Detroit mom events because I'm like, oh, so uh, I'm awkward, are you? And they're like, yeah, I'm anxious. And they're like, she's like, so am I. And then she's like, I say something and I worry about it for three weeks. Like if I said something stupid or I, I like came out, like I was wearing something dumb or I was this, or I was that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you do. And she was like, yeah, I'm a really anxious mom. And I was like, I had no idea that you were an anxious mom. Like I didn't know that until you explained that to me, but knowing that I, and that's where it's su- such a beautiful thing when people share that with me, because I can make sure when I open things. I'm like, for any of you moms out there worried what anyone thinks about you, or if you're going to go home and worry about what you said, nobody's thinking about that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there's so many things that I think even more, I don't deal with anxiety. Like mine's more situational, but like how much you miss out on because you don't feel seen in your anxiousness when you're around people. And then you don't go out and do things because you're worried what people are going to think about you because you're anxious and because, uh, you know, what if I say something stupid or what if I open up or what if I miss? And like, there's just so many pieces to it. I think it's just so many layers. And so I'm glad that people like you exist, Brooke, to be able to listen to people. I wish our society just fucking gave more of a shit about mental health and paid for mental health services because it sucks. Like no insurance does not pay for, like, I couldn't come see you because my insurance doesn't cover it. And we quote unquote have good insurance and it sucks. So, and I think that's, that's a most whole other podcast, it, right? That's literally, that's, can we just talk about that? Um, anyways, <laughs> thank you guys. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to leave? You know, Brooke, do you have any words maybe to leave women with if they are struggling with, I, I think it, it's more just relieve yourself of the pressure. You don't have to have all the answers. And the only way to really trust your instincts or your gut is to follow through, you know, and over time that'll strengthen if that's something that you even believe in. Um, But ultimately you don't have to have all the answers and continue to advocate for yourself, even when they call you crazy. Or reach out to us and we will validate you and support you and make sure that that you feel seen and heard in your anxiousness or your mother's intuition or whatever it is you're dealing with that you feel seen in that because I do think it's an important piece that we're really missing and and really recognizing like is this my mother's intuition or is this someone else's anxiety like what exactly is kicking in here but I do think it's an inner knowing and I think that really happens when you become in tune with your body like when it's like oh that's what that is you know so Thank you guys for being here. We love having you. We hope that you guys are enjoying everything. Make sure you pop in and review if something really, you know, you feel called to do it and it just touched you or you you really resonated with it. Make sure you let us know, reach out to us in DMs. If you have a topic that you really, really want to hear about, um, we'd love to hear it. I know that 
you know, we're always looking for topics that are going to be things that you guys want to hear about. And you never know, maybe we'll invite you on as a guest too. So anyways, we hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for being here again. We love you. Um, We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.